0: All right, we are here with Dr. Lopez, the newly president of Harold Washington. So thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm glad to be here on a snowy day. On a snowy day here. Um, so if you could just start off for our listeners, can you please just give us a little bit of history in regards to to you and just kind of like getting to where you are now as the president of Harold Washington?
1: Well, thank you. Well, you know, I'm— um I was born in Mexico, but came to the States when I was very young. Uh, my family and I immigrated here. I uh, went through Chicago public schools. Uh, at the time, we were undocumented, so I didn't know that college was an option for me. Uh-huh. So I actually stumbled upon Harold Washington only because I couldn't work after high school. I didn't have a job. I thought that I couldn't go to school. And one day, a friend of mine decided to take... a uh, the Archer 62 bus, because we lived around uh, the Midway area. And we decided to do what kids usually do who don't have a place to go, and that is just window shop. So we're walking around downtown. We saw a sign for what was then called the Loop, Loop College. Uh-huh. We walked in, mm-hmm. and um, just to ask what it was about, and there was a student in the front uh, desk who must have thought these two people are just so <laughs> lost that I'm not going to let them go. So she said, have a seat. I know you don't have an appointment, but I'll have someone see you. Sure uh-huh. enough, I don't know how long we waited, but I can tell you that two hours later, we were enrolled <laughs> and registered can, for yeah. the next semester at Harold Washington, which, once again, it was, it was just uh, Loop College. So that's where everything started for me. Um, uh-huh. I was really fortunate that I was there and was a full-time student. My brother paid for my first uh, Semester because we, I didn't have any money. I wasn't eligible for financial aid, mm-hmm. but soon after that, I was lucky enough to uh, get a part-time position at the college, which, which was supposed to be uh, for the summer and ended up being for the two years that I was there. So, because of that two-year um, uh, time that I was there, you know, they pay for my classes, and so I and I was so involved on campus. I did everything from organization of Latino students, to student government, to Phi de Kappa, And that really transformed my life because I didn't know at the time that you could actually have a career in higher education. Uh-huh. I o- o- only thought that what you did in college was volunteer work and right. you know things that you wanted to do as a student. And that was what um, uh, led me to a career in higher ed. And so, uh, after two years at Harold Washington, I went and did an, uh, my undergrad at uh, what was then called Sangamon State University, now is the, the University of Illinois Springfield, a small liberal arts institution on a full ride. Then, from there, I went and did a master's degree at Loyola in higher ed uh, administration. And then from there, uh, my (laughs) advisor said, You got to get a job. You can't just go. (laughs) Yeah, keep going. And so he said, Go get a job and then maybe consider a PhD. And so I listened to him. I went down to Bloomington, got a job, worked for the university. And while I was there, I was so bored because I was so used to being, you know, having that very busy student schedule that I decided to pursue a PhD while I was working there uh came back to to the Chicago area after a number of years at ISU worked at Lake Forest for a little bit uh uh in Lake Forest College that is and then uh-huh. was able to join um Northeastern Illinois University one of the very first Hispanic serving institutions and you know I knew very little about Northeastern but uh as soon as I got there I learned that that was the right place for me because I wanted to work for with first generation yeah uh, college students, many who reminded uh, of, uh, of me, actually. And then, so after 16 years at Northeastern, I uh, received this opportunity to come to Harold Washington as the president, and I couldn't say no to my alma mater, a right. place where everything started for me. And so, it's been three weeks, three, <laughs> three very busy weeks, but I am, I, you know, I'm still like pinching myself that, um I used to be a student, now I'm I'm the president there. But, you know, the the college is just such a, um, there's so many opportunities there. I think, you know, we have some great faculty, staff, um, I think excellent academic programs, not only baccalaureate uh, transfer programs, but Uh also programs for students who want to do uh, uh, short-term programs, certificates to get a job or or to do other things, so it's really exciting for me to be there.
2: I have to ask, what happened yes. to your friend that signed up too? Where is he at today? Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> thank I just you. Want
1: to know yeah, yeah. Actually, um, it was a she. Okay. It's, I still, I'm still in touch with her okay. from high school. She sometimes she, she ended up uh, graduating from Harold Washington as well. She did not follow me uh, because she didn't want to go to uh, Springfield. Who wants to go to sure. Springfield, right? <laughs> sure. and, uh, but, you know, I can tell you I had a great time in Springfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was able to focus on my studies because mm-hmm. there's really not much. <laughs> what else do you? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but she ended up getting a bachelor's degree, and I think she has also a master's degree from one of the private institutions in the area. Doing very well. Um, I think she works for the the... Chicago Boys and Girls Club. With, wow. Yeah, what but what
2: a great story. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so it's funny every time we see each other, we kind of yeah. reminisce on that, because it's you know, for us, it was so new and it and just changed our lives. I
2: can't believe for sure. you just
1: walked in,
2: and they're just like, "Yeah, come right in, sign up."
1: That's the beauty about oh, community colleges. I right? will tell you yeah. this:
0: like, I after I left a high-paying job, I took a really low-paying because I was brain drained. And I was like, I need to go back to school. And I walked, same thing. I walked into Harold Washington and I, I just walked in. I was like, let me think about it. It was like, I think a week before um, spring mm-hmm. classes were supposed to start. And I, I sat down and I was talking mm-hmm. to an advisor. By the end of the conversation, she hands me this piece of paper. She's like, go up to the second floor, you're registered. And I'm just like, no, that's not what I was going to, like, no. Can you still
2: do that today? Can you just walk in Absolutely.
1: Yes. I mean, mean, that is really the premise of community colleges. They're they're called open access, open admissions. Mm -hmm. So you come in and you fill out an application and you talk to an advisor. You take placement tests so that you can make sure you're in the right Mm -hmm. course and you're done. You know, it's that simple.
0: Mm -hmm. So I do want to continue to talk about Harold Washington. Um, But before that, I know one of your biggest accomplishments at Northeastern was – El Centro. Mm-hmm. And I would love if you could touch, touch upon that just really quickly before we kind of like yes. start going mm-hmm. into.
1: You know, I love to tell that story because it was also, uh, you know, it was really unexpected. I applied. <laughs> it seems like everything in my life is really yeah. unexpected. I've been really blessed and fortunate to have had great mentors. And uh-huh. and just things just happen. So with with the position at Northeastern, I actually did not apply for the director of El Centro. I came in at the university as an associate dean of a college that was called Academic Development, which worked with students who placed in developmental math, reading, and writing. And so before I was to start, I remember I was in my car, and I was in, uh, actually it was around the time where cell phones were becoming popular. Uh, and the provost at the time uh, called my cell phone and uh, basically asked me if what I thought about taking also the responsibility of leading El Centro.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And this is on the phone. I'm on the highway. And I'm like, <laughs> I knew nothing about El Centro because I didn't apply for El Centro. And, you know, cause yeah. I, I had applied at the main campus. And and I said yes. Just like that. Wow! Yeah. Didn't ask any questions. So here <laughs> I am in the car, right? And I, I should have asked for... I, I remember I didn't even negotiate a salary and nothing different. I <laughs> So it just it just happened. Wow. Yeah. And it was one of the best things I did because from the moment I stepped foot in the campus I realized how much potential it had. Yeah. And so at the time the campus wasn't a strip mall, it was a tiny little place. Um, and they were in the beginning of a major renovation and expansion. Okay. So my first year I spent uh, uh, working on this construction project, talking to architects, selecting uh, color palettes, doing all these things that I never thought I was going to be able <laughs> yeah. to do. And as a, as a matter of fact, the, the provost at the time, he said to me, I bet when you did your Ph.D., you never yeah. thought you were going to be doing this kind of work. And I said, absolutely not. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I had the ability to expand the space, offer more courses, um, it's a beautiful campus, too. Yeah, well, now it's in a different space. Right. right? Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, we used to be in this, this right very small. Pulaski? Yes, right so Pulaski in Belmont. Yeah. And then, um, you know, very shortly after I was there, I realized that the, what we needed to do was we needed to have our own building mm. where we would be able to then have true uh, programs from the, from the very beginning, from freshmen all the way to seniors and even graduate studies there. And the space that we were in, that that wasn't equipped for it. So from the very beginning, I began to develop a plan of how we were going to get a new building. And so for years, I would drive around the neighborhood and try to find, like, either schools that were closed or wow. businesses that were closed. And I would always go back to the university and say, hey, have you looked at that lot that it's on, <laughs> I don't know, Irving Park or whatever? Mm-hmm. And can we look at it and see what is the, you know, what options do we have? Because we were renting at the time. The building wasn't ours. Okay. And so I was, I was really thrilled that maybe seven years into that work, I was able to convince the university that it was time for us mm-hmm. to move on, find another place, and so I created and wrote the proposal for this new location that we're in now, wow. which is a beautiful, multi million dollar, award winning space uh, where. Yeah, it's always on the
0: architectural tour. And yes, everything. yes. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. we're with a very famous architect, Colombian architect, who came in and really did this for us. Great space for students, a parking lot. I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many complaints <laughs> I used to get about parking when I used to lead that other uh, location from residents, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was always in meeting with the aldermen. And, you know, one day, I don't know if you remember when the city of Chicago transitioned from the old parking meters to the new ones and with the new system. One day I came to campus and we had parking meters all across, Mm -hmm. all over the street and uh, outside of our building on Pulaski. So I called the alderman and I said, "We can't do this. Our students yeah. cannot." Yeah, they can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, no, not only can they well. not afford it; it's really inconvenient for them. Yeah. I said, "We haven't had uh, parking meters for a long time," and he said, "You know, we put them in there because the neighbors are complaining that your students are parking in the in the in their street, and they're not only parking; they're leaving trash." Oh. And so I said to them, "Well, okay. First of all, how do you know it's our students?" Right.
2: That's true. Right,
1: and I said. This is not um, going to be a positive thing for our students. So, is there any way we we, we can you can reconsider? It? The next day, the meters were gone. Stop! Wow. They took them all out. They for you? took them all How out. Who are you? Can you help
2: me write <laughs> down?
1: <laughs> no, you know what it is. I had a really strong um, relationship and partnership with the alderman at the time, mm-hmm. and you know that's what you do when you do the right. type of work that I do. I think it's it's critical. For you to to build that connection, plus it's not about me; it's about the students and the, here uh, potential voters. Yeah, right? that's true. And so he wanted to make sure that he was paying attention to, to uh, in this case is. The needs of the students. Yeah. So how
2: many students did the, f- the first space accommodate, and then how many were you able to accommodate yes. after? So
1: when I started there, there were just under 300 students. Under 300? Under 300. The, under 300. Oh. And part of the reason why it was under 300 it was because they had sectioned off some space for the construction.
3: Okay.
1: And then— um, and So they then, knew
2: they were going to expand it. Yes, yes,
1: okay. yes. And the expansion was going to take us only to 500. Oh. which is which I thought it was kind of weird yeah. that we were spending all this money for 200 spaces right, basically sense. but that was because um for instance el centro was closed on Fridays afternoon it wasn't uh it, it was I think closed at noon on Saturdays okay there were no classes on Sundays and most of the students that wanted to come to el centro were actually students who were, were working, working full time right? Who wanted to come on weekends? So one yeah, of the right. first things I did, I said, "Well, no, we great. gotta <laughs> extend. We gotta offer courses on Friday uh-huh. during the day, all the way till ten o'clock at night. Nine fifty, right. I think, is when we ended, and then the same thing on Saturday. And and that's how we were able to get students. So when I left, we were just under a okay. thousand. Um No, no, that's uh, for the new space. We were when I left. Uh, I think it was I want to say just over five hundred. Five hundred. Uh, not because we couldn't accommodate the thousand. Sure. Sure for the proposal for the new building, our minimum was for a 1,000. Uh-huh. And I think now there's about 1,300 students, in, including uh, baccalaureate and master's, master's programs.
2: And gra- graduation rates probably right up there too, right? Everyone's... Well,
0: well that's everyone. a whole different yeah. As somebody
2: not in the education field, how does that work?
1: Well, the, the way it works in terms of graduation is that well, most students who come and take courses at El Centro mm-hmm. are students that are also taking courses at the main campus. Okay. And they take courses at El Centro because it's either more convenient for them or, mm-hmm. we, or we offer classes there that are more of an interest to them. Sure. Um, but graduation is it, it's similar mm-hmm. to the same graduation rate for all students at the university. Okay. And, and as of now, there are no students that begin and end at El Centro. You have to go to the main campus to complete your degree with the exception of I think social work um, has almost like a 90% uh, uh, completion rate there but I think we're still working on that.
2: We're going to take a quick break and listen to Dance Partner by Invisible Cartoons.
3: of our infant souls When things were really simple as we hop up on the dance floor Clap your hands Cause it's time for us to rejoice Grab your pants and take your lips you jiggle your hips some more
0: So do want to transition a little bit back to Held Washington. So you started there recently in January. So I know you spoke about being back there, but what are your first impressions in regards mm-hmm. to being there now, now with your new position?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, lots of first impressions. Yeah. First of all, you know I mentioned earlier about like pinching myself that I'm walking around campus. <laughs> um, I had not been there in 30 years. Oh. In the space, I mean, I had been, I walked around right. the campus, but I, and I, I think I was there maybe in the first floor for a couple of meetings. But this okay. was like the first time that I w- have been walking in, around the entire campus. It's What's a,
2: changed? A lot?
1: Well, it's a vertical building. <laughs> yeah. It's 11 floors. It's still floors. vertical. Yeah, so it's <laughs> one building. Vertical building with lots of classrooms and uh, some office space. Um, believe it or not, the signage outside the classrooms are identical to when I was there 30 years ago. That's the first thing that I noticed. Uh, some familiar right. Yes. And actually, it's not bad. I mean, they've kept the, the signage looks okay, at least yeah. there. Um, they still have their old logo uh, when, when it was looped um, in, the, um, in the signage. Uh, with the signage, uh, but um, the classrooms look the same, mm-hmm. so for me, it's you know as I walk around, I, I you know sometimes you don't remember things until yeah. you're there so th- a couple of memories <laughs> came it's by back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for <laughs> yeah. instance, I was so involved with Phider Kappa and student mm-hmm. government and we used to do lots of popcorn sales in the in the front as people mm-hmm. entered the building as a matter of fact, we financed lots of our mm-hmm. student activities through that. Yeah. And so when I was doing a tour, I think it was last week, of some of the space, I, I found a popcorn machine, and I swear it was the same <laughs> one. Although I asked. I said, you know, how old is this popcorn machine? They said, oh, I don't think it's that old. <laughs> but it looked like the one that we use. I mean, they
0: can't change that much. <laughs> <right. or> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, popcorn machines have popcorn
1: <laughs> machines. And, um, but, yeah, no, I think almost everything looks... Um, The same. They have modernized um, many of the spaces. There's a beautiful student lounge that is called the atrium where a lot of students hang out. The admissions and all the student services has moved. They're relocated, Um, and so I've noticed that. um, I think some of the classrooms are also up to date. They've done some. Uh, for instance, they showed me biology lab that it looks, you know, they have computers, nice. yeah. terminals inside oh, wow. of each of the labs.
3: Uh-huh.
1: I'm told there's still cadavers in the building uh, because there's a oh. very strong biology program there. As a matter of fact, I majored in that my first uh, really?
3: year and a half there. What yes. did you stop doing that? The cadavers. <laughs> so you saw that and you're like, yes. I'm getting out of you here. You know, I enjoy the <laughs>
1: coursework. I mean, learning about the body parts yeah. and how they work. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also, you know, for me as a um, English as a second language, mm-hmm. the I didn't have any problems with terminology. Cause because it's all dry from yeah, Right. Sure, so sure. so actually, that's why I think yeah. I did really well. Mm-hmm. And, but it wasn't until we started to identify muscles in the in the cadavers I realized, that yeah. I said no really. But still, those
2: cadavers are still in there somewhere. Yes. Where do I, they keep I, I them? You I think? don't
1: think they're. I hope they're not the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> they could be it could if they're be. preserved well enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that there's a, there's at least three. I'm told.
2: Really? And yes. they just sit inside. You never think about that, do you? When you're in in your yeah. college classes. No, but
1: you know, but if you are a biology major, yeah, that, that yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what they use. Yeah. And, and I never had
2: to do that. No. I don't remember doing that. Yeah. Thank God.
1: No, I, I don't blame you. I did a number, you know, once again, as a first-generation mm-hmm. student, yeah. I really didn't know. So uh-huh. the college, for mm-hmm. me, really was an opportunity That's, to explore mm-hmm. and learn uh, right. things that I had never <clears throat> excuse me, experienced before, mm-hmm. uh, for instance. and, and I, So what I've been going through these last three weeks is kind of just reminiscing those sure. years. Sure. So as yeah. I talk to faculty and talk to students and, Others, I began to kind of remember all these things. So one of the things that I had forgotten
2: mm-hmm.
1: was that at Harold Washington, I took several art classes and music appreciation. Mm-hmm. So the first time that I ever went to the Chicago Art um, uh, uh, the Museum, mm-hmm. it was because I had a class that required me to go in there. And I had to identify the, um, certain paintings and write about them. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the symphony, even though I played music in high school. Mm-hmm. I had never been to the symphony. Huh. And so Which for has offered m- you access. Exactly. Yeah. So as a student I spent a lot of time kind of exploring the city that I lived in that I never knew about.
2: That always amazes me because I grew up in the suburbs and we would always be bust in, you know, to go to the museums and such. But it amazed me when I started working here, um, you know in the loop that a lot of my coworkers that had grown up here had never been still to this day hadn't been to museums yes. hadn't been to things that are in their right in their backyard mm-hmm. so that music festivals crazy. you know
1: yeah. it's like yeah no i i hear that all the time even for yeah. my family the yeah. some People of my nieces and nephews yeah they yeah. they've never ventured out
2: why is that can you we know touch on that? yeah,
1: well you know it's funny because a few years ago I invited i you know I'm known as the edu- educational education uncle in my family okay. right i'm the the, yep. the youngest of ten with about twenty eight nieces and nephews, and so they all come to me asking for advice, so every time they get to that age, you know i, I what I've been doing is kind of meeting with them and kind of exploring mm-hmm. and giving them options blah blah blah, mm-hmm. advising them. Yeah. not yep. all because yeah. some choose not, not to too. right, sure. or some don't need it. But remember a few years ago, one of my nephews who lives in the little village, he's still out there, went to, um, I think, Curie High School, where he graduated from. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, you know, he said, Theo, can we meet and talk about college? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. I said, where do you want to meet? And he's like, I don't know. You want to come to my house? And I said, can we do something else?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, "Let. Uh, why don't we meet downtown and someplace, right? And then he's like, well, where? I've never been to downtown.
3: Wow. <clears throat>
1: and yeah. that's what I, exactly what I said. I said, "Oh."
2: Yeah.
1: So I had to give him instructions how to get on the 60. I said uh-huh. Blue Island. You know, I take it for granted. I thought yeah. most students would at least, you know, You're
2: from the You're from the I mean, yeah. That it's, it's not hard too, well a little, especially villages little village far. you don't
0: have to leave. Uh, there's certain area, there's a lot of areas in Chicago you don't ever have to leave exactly. your neighborhood. Yeah, but yeah.
2: don't you want to like when you see things, even, you know, you're watching the news or on TV and you're like, cool, you know, they're Where doing you know, Taste yeah. of Chicago or whatever's going on, Lollapalooza. Even if you don't have tickets to get in, don't you just kind of want to, I don't know, it's like going to the mall in the suburbs. Don't you just go down to the loop? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I always thought. Yeah, no, so I, you just get on the train. So I accessible. find that's
1: pretty typical. Oh, I think because a cool. city is so segregated that, you know, really as you is. said, I think once you're in a community, you have it oh there right yeah. unless you have a reason to go to the downtown mm-hmm. i don't think you need to go right, right. and so so i th- i think that's a, that's one of the reasons yeah. but it's really unfortunate right because yeah. we have so much the museums for instance
2: yeah i'm surprised that it like they they do what i think february is the month of museums are open for for free to those who you know live in the city or live in chicago i think land right yeah and so they the city's kind of giving you the opportunity to do things for free you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need the money but i guess you still need the money to get on the bus or
0: the train so So. do you okay so i mean i'm gonna jump around with some of my questions in regards to this um since we're talking about this do you feel it's like do you feel it's education's role to give these experiences to people, be it you know, like, um, like elementary, high school, or mm-hmm.
1: absolutely, or ed. I, I think students should have opportunities, like you mentioned, in, from the mm-hmm. suburbs. Mm-hmm. I think the curriculum in high schools and elementary schools there should be trips to these different places in the city. You know, the museums, mm-hmm. the different things that the city has to offer, and I think they do some of that. I think it depends on the school that It depends you go on funding.
2: To. I think if we get yes. right down to it, yeah, yeah. So how does the How does funding work? It's the the taxpayers are paying a certain amount to each school. Like how how do they decide how much your college gets or this college gets or you know mm-hmm. even elementary schools and, and high schools?
1: Yes. Well, for higher education it's obviously different from K through twelve, but okay. in higher ed, for instance, the the city colleges, a, the city is a district. Okay. District 508.
3: Okay.
1: And among, the, in that district, there are seven colleges. And if you live in the city, you can come and take courses at any of those colleges. Okay. And you pay what is called a resident fee mm-hmm. for tuition. And so the our, uh, all of us who live in the city, we pay a what what is called a community college fee. So if, out in the suburbs, if you lived in whatever mm-hmm. suburb, most... Uh, cities, not most cities, but most communities will have a community college, sure. and it's funded by the community, not in, not in full, right. in part. And it's about it used to be like a one-third formula. So the formula that was that the community would pay for a third, mm-hmm. the student and their families would pay for another third, mm-hmm. and then the rest would come from the state. Oh. That's usually how community colleges are funded. Mm-hmm. So okay. in the city, it's those of us who live in the city. And if you live out of the city and want to take classes in the city, you pay a little bit more. Okay. Kind of similarly to a state four-year university where you pay in-state tuition and if you're coming from out-of-state. Most of the time you have to pay out-of-state fees.
2: And then it's your or part of your responsibility as the president, then you kind of budget and allocate what those fees are going to within your college. So then how do you figure out what? kind of programs you want them to go to Mm -hmm. how does that work
1: that's a good question uh because the way that it works in the city colleges is that there's one district Mm -hmm. the money is collected for the district Mm -hmm. and then the the chancellor works with the presidents to allocate the funds to each of the colleges Mm -hmm. depending on the focus of the college depending on their enrollment depending on their needs Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm just learning. because yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm definitely yeah. learning. This is, yeah. I, I'm about to begin those conversations uh, mm-hmm. because I'm trying, uh, you know, as the yeah. the president of Harold Washington, obviously my priority is Harold Washington. Right, and, right. And so I'm going to be having those conversations to see what it is, mm-hmm. what kind of formula does the city colleges mm-hmm. use to allocate money for the seven colleges and work closely with my other peers for the, from the other six mm-hmm. colleges. Yeah. But you know, there's never enough money to go around, right? Yeah, so so it's about prioritizing things. You asked earlier about you know what is kind of my my um, um, uh, what is it my my vision right now. And right now, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the institution, where we are, the culture, budget, staffing, and and. But I do know um, that even though I'm new, recruitment and retention are key. Yeah, and that's almost for any, any and that's college, and that challenging nationwide, yes, everywhere. So, but yeah. for the city colleges in particular and Harold Washington, so I want to make sure that we have the uh, policies in place to be able to in processes in place uh-huh. to recruit students who want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Who have who identify, with, meaning they find a program, who have a reason to be there. So, if they want to come in and want to take, um. Courses to transfer to to the four-year university, wonderful. If they want to come in and learn the trade or learn uh, or find a a job someplace through a short certificate program, that's great too. Right. So so for me is so once they're there, the next piece is how do we retain them? Yeah. Because you know, having been a community right. college student, having researched community colleges, uh, my, my, actually my dissertation. Mm-hmm. is on uh, uh, community college students, and i've I've been very interested in in it from from the very beginning. Um, because you know there is this there's a lot of um, issues that people don't know about community colleges, for instance, that many of the students who started community colleges mm-hmm. never transfer to a four year. Okay. And so one of the things that I want to do at the college is that to make sure that those that do come to the college are successful. Once again, not all have to go to a transfer program at the university, but they do, you know, they accomplish whatever it is that they came what to they, do there. But yeah, their goal was. But, be- but, and then, so if I could just add. Sure. So the piece here for me is, um, so what services do we have in place at the college? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do we have staff and faculty who are sensitive to the needs of our students? Are they up, up to, to speed on their disciplines? And are we challenging them, and are we preparing them to be successful once they leave the college?
2: Once again, here's the Invisible Cartoons with Down with the Get Down.
3: In the
0: I have a question kind of before we even enter that realm of college, right? So, what, when students aren't prepared for college, whose responsibility is that?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, once they come to us, it's us. Yeah. Right? Because we're not going to blame K through 12. Right. Right? Um, so, if a student wants to come to the city colleges, in this case, Harold Washington, uh-huh. we have to meet them where they're at. Uh-huh. And so, we have an obligation as an open access uh, college. Uh, to get them to wherever they need to be, right? So yeah. placement testing is key. It's providing, if we need developmental coursework, that's what we do. Uh, if we need uh, to develop mentoring programs for them, uh, academic advising is key. Uh, you know, So we have to be able to, to work with them. It's not the fault of the student that they mm-hmm. came in and they're not prepared, yeah. right? So we have to do whatever we need to do
0: to help them. So I know you earlier, you discussed about how important um, undocumented students are to you. Uh, going back to what you have gone through and looking at today, you know, like with funding and with society and, and the climate of politics and everything like that. What, what do you feel has changed over the years in regards to like resources for for undocumented students? Like, what does Mm -hmm. that look like right
1: now? I think we're in a better place than we Uh used to be when I was obviously a student. uh, But we have a lot of work to do. Uh, In the city of Chicago, we have lots of programs for students that are undocumented. Places like Loyola, my my alma mater, uh, years ago decided to, the students decided to earmark, I think it was a dollar of their tuition Mm -hmm. to assist undocumented students at Loyola. And I mean, you got to give credit to Loyola. It's not the only one. DePaul, uh-huh. um, uh, state institutions, community colleges—I think—are providing services for undocumented students and their families. Many of the uh, state and private institutions are have been reevaluating their scholarship programs because, um, at one point, undocumented students were not eligible for scholarships because a lot of the times. The scholarship required a residency or, or citizenship requirement. And I know that at Northeastern, uh, some about maybe 10 years ago, we decided to look at every single scholarship we had on campus uh-huh. to review it, to see if we truly needed to have the citizenship requirement. Because a lot of the times uh, we learned that when there's a new scholarship created, mm-hmm. the the people who do scholarships basically give a template to the donor and say, "Oh, here's a template." Right. And if the the donor doesn't think twice about it, they'll just say, "Oh, just use that template," or uh-huh. you know. Right. And That's all the same. So exactly. So now you know at the at the university, at least at, at Northeastern and other places, what they've done is they've looked at that criteria and, and and they've taken the it word out. Word. Now, unless the donor specifically requests that, a lot oh, of the right. times, even if they do, they yeah. don't really understand the. How that will impact students, but the Uh minute you tell them, then they they actually remove them. So I think we're in a better place when it Mm -hmm. comes to providing information for undocumented students. I think some institutions are doing a better job than others.
2: Do Uh they do that nationwide? Is it a nationwide thing, or is that just something? No,
1: it really depends on this, uh, and depends on the state. There's Mm -hmm. some states that are very undocumented student-friendly and others that are very hostile to undocumented students.
2: And do you guys know, does the United States, are they the only ones that do that? Or if I go to Mexico, well, do they have like, I don't know, Mexico might be a bad example, but do they have undocumented, like, could I go to other countries and do that? Or is this a United States thing? Yeah, no, it
1: it depends on the country. For instance, if you are in South America Mm -hmm. and you, let's say you, you lived in, Colombia, but you want to move to to Argentina and live in Buenos Aires. Okay, there's no questions asked. You really? apply and you get why your tuition is free.
2: Really? Yes, and
1: many countries have that. So, I, do Latin I have the opportunity America. to
2: move right now go to school there? Yes. I would love to go to school yes. in Brazil. Oh,
1: I don't know about Brazil. <laughs> but I, but I, I can tell you for sure I spent six months in, in um, Buenos Aires when I was You're on sabbatical. I'm down Buenos Aires. Um, yeah, hey, I'm down, but, <laughs> but I know it's but, there. But it's quite popular, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of movement of students really? between countries because of that. Um, I didn't know that. It allows them to have a, an experience. And and there are some requirements, but I don't. They're very. They're not like here.
2: I didn't know that. Yeah. So I could potentially go over there. I yeah. thought it was just a United States thing because we're such a melting pot that they're kind of, you know, molding to what we need here. But I didn't know other countries are doing it.
1: Too. Yeah. No. No. I think actually they have a better system than we do. Our Undocumented students here have it, and it's not good. Yeah. It's really? good. And, you know, you luckily we have DACA and many students who are say, DACA. Yeah. But those who don't have DACA have no options.
2: Are they protected, or do they? Be, are people afraid to enroll when they're undocumented because they're afraid they're going to become targets? You know, I mean, I feel like that could be a, a big thing, right? Well, of because course. Because then you're, you're suddenly in the system, and we know you're undocumented, and mm-hmm. that could be a scary thing, right?
1: Well, it it and that's been actually a very. Um, uh what is it? Um, it's a topic that lots of institutions yeah. are talking about because I want so let's say that ICE shows up at one of our campuses. Yeah. Are we required to then turn yeah, over students? Uh, I, I think technically they could, but I think many of us would fight that um, yeah. because no, we're not an immigration agency, right right And um, you know, and a lot of the students who are undocumented work. Yeah. pay for their own school and they don't have one job they have like multiple yeah. jobs and so they don't they're not eligible for state or federal aid although now we have a new rice bill that will allow students at least in in, in the state of Illinois to be eligible for some of those funds. Yeah. but there's not enough funds. so I don't know how they're gonna do it because <laughs> so if we, no, we didn't even have enough case. funds for students yeah, for who are un, not <laughs> undocumented now we have undocumented students that may be eligible yeah. that are eligible. And there's no money, uh-huh. and so, so I, it it's really a difficult thing for them. And then you know, so let's say you you you're in you're at college. And by the way, if you're an undocumented student, you can enroll, you can get accepted. The problem is when you have to pay for it, right? Because okay. if you're not eligible for state and federal aid, right. then you have to come up um you can, out, of, out, out of pocket okay so not everyone can afford to pay out of pocket so you have a lot of students who are undocumented who do what is called stop out so they'll come in from a semester mm-hmm. drop out for a semester and work mm-hmm. come back and then pay cuz oh, they they, they pay choppy. as they go
2: yeah you're not going to remember you're not going to be able to retain any of your exactly. education exactly
1: and so that's part of the issue that you know when you talk about yeah. st- retention and graduation of our students
0: and there's and there's there's language for each of these Types of students, right? Like yeah. These are these are they're called. They have each have specific titles for each for a student who, who leaves and comes back and things like that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we you know and we try to bring them back, but it's really difficult because so and not only are they trying to pay for classes, a lot of the times they're helping at home. Right. Right. So they're they're at the time supporting their own families. Right. right? Uh, even their extended family. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult for them for them to. To uh, pay for school, so lots of, lots of challenges. But I can tell you, they're the most resilient, mm-hmm. they're the most academically prepared, hmm. um, and and they're the most focused undocumented students because they know they can't really fool around.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: And and so the, my experience working w- with them at Northeastern and now at the City Colleges, I'm sure is very similar. That they, you know, they they're very hard workers. And uh, they know how to seek also advice, and um, many of them have some very solid uh, academic plans mm-hmm. because they don't have you know they don't have the luxury. Of, oh, let me try right. this. No, they 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 really they have focus. To be mm-hmm. Yes. Um.
0: So, kind of going with some of these topics. I mean, we can like I was going to ask you in regards to specifically with with your college in regards to like what are the challenges facing, but you went through a lot of that. So there's been a lot of discussion in regards to, like, free college. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, you know, free college for all? What is your stance on that specifically? Let's say we're only looking at Harold Washington. Like, let's not worry about mm-hmm. everything else. What is your stance?
1: I would love uh-huh. to be able to offer free college to all. uh uh-huh. Uh, i think so so that uh yeah so i would be a, a strong supporter of that because even though you know community colleges are significantly less expensive than four-year universities mm-hmm. they still cost yeah. yeah and the state and federal aid is not enough to pay for their classes right a lot of the time students have to pay out of pocket so i really believe that uh, that we should invest in education like uh, many other countries do and and, uh, and the, you know, n- not everyone needs to do a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. But so providing options for students, you know, we we need good mechanics. I'm sorry, when my car needs, needs work, <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to, right. to, to take it to someone right. who knows what to do with it, right? And so, yes, I think there's a lot of places that... that uh,
0: so with that example, right, so one one question that's posed is, like, is it the responsibility of say a car manufacturer to train an employee to do that or is it the responsibility of a community college to mm-hmm. the uh, i mean i think that's that's an mm-hmm. argument that people have right it's just like mm-hmm. well i go to i have to go to school to go get this job whereas in the past it's like i feel
2: like mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was a vocation you know
0: like you you know you have this vocational aspect but then yeah. back in the day you could just go into ford motor company and they're that's just going to train you how to do mm-hmm.
2: it yeah but, but that's silly because if, if i want to be a plumber, I don't expect Kohler or one of these big plumbing companies to pay for my education, Mm -hmm. right? Well, why not? That's true. But but, but (laughs) actually,
1: but that's what we do actually now today. We we do that at community colleges. There's lots Uh of partnerships between businesses Uh because it's actually in their best interest. Yeah. Right. To have, uh, you know, businesses today don't have the time to train people. Uh-huh. So if you have a partnership with, a, in this case, a community college or even a four-year university, mm-hmm. who's going to do that type of training? Why not?
3: Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: So I would welcome
3: uh-huh. any
1: opportunity with any business in the Chicago area if they wanted to come and us to work with our faculty to develop a program where they're going to truly have uh, people who are at the, you know from day one either doing yeah. internships or other type of um, service-learning uh, opportunities, and then employment, it's a win-win for all. It's a win-win for the company, it's a win-win for the college,
0: it's a win-win for the student, and for all of us, right? Yeah. Right. So locally, I know we've, we've talked about like budgets and things like that, locally and federally, what, what role would you like to see from the government to assist higher education?
1: Well, f- for the city colleges, we are I, obviously the city of Chicago, yes. and um, in the city of Chicago, Know, it goes beyond funding. Yes. Well, I think for me and for the things that I'm learning about the college, I've been there only three weeks, there's lots of things. I think there's lots of ways that the city of Chicago can partner with, in this case, the city colleges or Harold Washington. For instance, um, you know, um, there's lots of needs at our colleges that we don't have the resources to fund. Mental health uh-huh. is one of them, right? So, I would love to be able to, to work with a number of community uh, organizations that are doing that type of work, but we all know that due to the budget cuts that have happened over the years, a lot of those have closed, yeah. right? And so, so the burden now is at, in the community college and the four-year universities to try to uh, offer those services that more and more we need, you know, we, we don't have enough. You know, at uh, when I was at Northeastern, we only had a handful of full-time uh, professional therapists. Uh, at the same thing at uh, Harold Washington and the City Colleges. Although, I'm, I've learned over the last few weeks that actually the city has, in the city, and the City Colleges, has significantly invested in in adding uh, additional. Um, wellness people at their campuses because they realize that there's lots of things that we need to do. So it's not just mental, physical health. It's food insecurities. It's, it's housing insecurity. Yeah. All the things that our students deal with when you live in a city like Chicago.
3: Yeah.
1: So I think it's really critical for us to partner with everyone who has to partner with us. <laughs> And uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so identify, you know, what other things. So, so that's why I mentioned food insecurity, uh, housing. Uh, to me, those are really uh, two critical areas that a student can't do well academically if you don't have those two things taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So partnering with organizations and businesses who can help with that, I think it too, uh, would, would, would allow us to then better serve students.
0: do you, I have one more question uh do Janine, nope. do you have any no go so ahead. my final question um is basically what goals do you want your challenge, uh what what goals do you want do you want Harold Washington to achieve in the future mm-hmm. great question I know, I know you've talked a lot about different goals but like yes
1: yeah well I go back to when I was a student there, I truly believe that it, because of my experience at Harold washington um Having majored in liberal arts, uh-huh. uh, truly prepared me for everything that I did after that, whether I was a student or a professional. So you know, I I was a well uh, taught and uh, and I'm, I th- I would say that I'm a well-rounded student because of that. So I know a little uh-huh. bit about the art. I know a little yeah. bit of you know music history. <laughs> mm-hmm. I learned to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I had um, I learned about you know maybe I I, I picked up the, the travel bug uh, many years ago <laughs> and to this day so, so for me it's important to be able to offer our students that broad of a yeah. liberal arts curriculum uh-huh. and so they can kind of figure out who they are and learn about so when they're done regardless of what they end up doing whether it's work after a year or work you know for or go to school for another 10 years or more for me is making sure that they have um, the academic, uh, not just the credentials, but also the oh, the, okay. the the ability to do all these things that I've been talking about. Like lived experiences. Yes, the lived experience, but know a little bit about everything to uh-huh. be, because I think that's what really it, it, what it takes to be a true citizen, right? You need right. to be able to know about. It not, and not just Chicago, not just Illinois, not you, just the states of so the I world.
0: Always, I always see this as kind of like this bad word in a lot of ways, but do you see that as cultural capital?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and I think that's what we do at, at at least at the a lot of universities do this, but I think it happens at the community college yeah. um and so yes i think I think that is something that um so I would like to say that in a few years from now or and during my tenure here at at Harold Washington, that uh, I would like to say that I have uh, strengthened our liberal arts education that we offer at the college, but also um, uh, strengthen our, uh, you know, Harold Washington really has two focuses. One is the, the liberal arts, the other one is business and professional programs, and that's something that it, I think it's we call it, or it's under this auspices of uh, centers of excellence that okay. the City College of, of Chicago has. For Harold Washington, is business and professional services. Uh, Malcolm X is health, because they you know okay. they work with hospitals in the area, and then I think Truman is education and so forth. So what I want to do is really focus on. Um, liberal arts, but also I don't want to forget the fact that we're downtown Chicago, yeah. right. and the fact that many of the students that, that come to Harold Washington not only are interested in liberal arts, but they're interested in a business professional career. Mm-hmm. So I want to work with the faculty and with our, our our college and the district and the city to really strengthen those two programs and, and give students those um, opportunities that they may not have had.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Lopez, thank you so much for sharing your time, your life, your life experience, <laughs> um, your goals. Thank for, you. No, no, yeah, thank you. People I, of Chicago. I
1: appreciate the questions, the opportunity yeah. to come and share uh, that experience that, that I've shared with you. I'm thrilled to be at the at the city colleges yeah. at Harold Washington. And, you know, I always said that uh, if I left Northeastern, I was going to go to a place that was very similar in yeah. in in Harold Washington and the City Colleges is. So I'm looking forward to a long tenure there. I have a lot of work to do, and but I'm not going to do it alone. I think I have a great, committed faculty and staff who are just ready and poised to, to do whatever we need to do to serve students. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you.
2: Here's Slop Nasty by the Invisible Cartoons. listening to Radio One Chicago live from the lair produced by Hex and hosted by Janine and Hex today